There is so much to squeeze in today. US inflation, it fell a bit and markets have reacted, overreacted perhaps. Uh, we'll look at what that means for moves by the Fed. UK jobs data, better than expected. So does that create a problem for the Bank of England? We'll also look at the NAB business survey and Oz consumer sentiment from yesterday. And today, Australia's wage price index, which is expected to rise, but a one-off perhaps. And UK CPI today and much more, so much more. It's Wednesday, the 15th of November, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yes, stand by because there's so much to fit in today. Big moves after the US CPI print overnight. The US dollar is down 1.5%. It's helping the Aussie up 2%, over 65 US cents now. Sterling is 1.8% higher, up 1.7% for the euro. The stock market is doing very well uh, at close, a 2.4% rise in the NASDAQ, 1.9% for the S&P, 1.4% for the Dow. Similar size moves in Europe, 1.75% up for the DAX, 1.4% for the euro stocks 50. The FTSE 100 is up only 0.2%, but that is because a lot of them earn money in US dollars. If you look at mid-caps in Britain, they are up in line with Europe and the United States. And bond yields, well, prices up, yields down, 20 basis points off 10-year treasuries, 16 off UK 10-year gilts, 11 off German bunds, and even more movement at the front end. So two-year treasuries down 22 basis points, pretty much in the minutes after the release of those CPI numbers. And Aussie 10 years were just one basis point lower yesterday today at 4.66%. On futures now, though, take 12 basis points off that. So in line with bond movement around the world and a falling dollar, no surprise that oil is higher. Well, it was anyway. WTI and Brent both up 0.7% earlier with Brent over 83 a barrel, but that's fallen away now. Brent ever so slightly in the red. Uh, The International Energy Agency has uh, said the oil market should return to surplus next year because of falling demand, even if Saudi Arabia extends its production cuts into the new year. So oil hasn't joined the party today, but everybody else has, particularly in bonds and equities. Too much of a party? Well, let's ask NAB's uh, Gavin Friend in London. He loves a party. But look, you know, core inflation month on month, 0.2%, down from 0.3%, which is where it's expected to be again. So a downsize surprise. But this is what we have been suggesting, of course, on the uh, the morning call. So to us, it wasn't a surprise. But to the rest of the market, clearly it was. Mm, yeah, morning, Phil. I mean, with central banks having paused, and the, remember, the Fed has now paused twice, um, you know, at this juncture, at this potential turning point, any economic data, you know, nonetheless, something there's especially tier one data like we got Wednesday that, that undershoots or overshoots either way, you know, markets are going to seize on it. And I, and I think this uh, this print for October for CPI was a decent undershoot to your points. Headline, as you say, at zero down from point four, a tenth better. But markets know. Uh, they knew going into this that lower gasoline prices would be a factor there. It was the core numbers really that captured the attention. You know, um, energy prices actually for the you know for, for what it's worth were down two and a half percent, but the core inflation at point two from point three, the annual at four percent. I mean that was aided by a sizable and notable drop in shelter prices, which rose just three tenths. Uh, after a six-tenth rise in September, uh, owner's equivalent rent up four-tenths from, from six-tenths. Hotel prices, which some had thought or feared that uh, would be higher, actually fell nearly 3%. Services inflation 
ex-housing or so-called super core that the Fed likes to look at up just 0.22% on the month from 0.6% in September. I think it was shelter, as I say, that, uh, that did the damage and the, the recent, the, the Zillow uh, rental data suggests, you know, that may be more to come uh, in this. Um, but, I mean, there is a correlation, obviously, between shelter prices and what the interest rate is. So as interest rates start to come down, you'd assume that number is going to get better. But it's chicken and egg situation, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, I think overall, uh, the report gives more clout to the idea the Fed is done. Uh, but there may well be data uh, that comes in on the other side, you know, payrolls, retail activity. We've got that later today. Um, We've got another CPI as well before that December meeting. Well, as well, well, so, well indeed. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and because of the, you know, the inflation shock that the that the Fed and the US economy has gone through, um, the Fed isn't going to roll over. You know, the, the, they will. And we've already had comments out from Austin Goolsby saying there will be bumps in the road and that kind of thing. Of course, there will be. It will require more evidence. For the moment, though, uh, this this low US inflation report, um, remember, headline at 3.2, that follows two big drops in Eurozone headline inflation from, what, above 5% to, to below 3%, 2.9. Today, we're going to get UK headline inflation. That's going to record another big drop from 6.7% to below 5%, probably around about 47 That's a consensus. Now, that's not down into the 3% joining the 3% club of Europe and the, and the Eurozone, but it's, it's getting down there. And, and it just suggests that this, you know, markets move in waves and this wave is a bit more to travel, I think, before it washes out. Well, just getting back to the United States and, you know, uh, another reason perhaps why the Fed is not going to hike. The Wall Street Journal yesterday was reporting on numbers from the National Retail Federation saying shops were not going to need as many extra workers this Christmas, perhaps because they're expecting a downturn. Uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch that phenomenon all around the world. Uh, and it's also saying those that uh, are needing to find workers they're finding them easier to find. So a sign of a, a weakening labour market. So, you know, add that to the list of the reasons for the Fed to stay where they are or possibly start looking at reducing rates. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, there's nothing here that suggests that they need to go go back and, and, and have another look. We need to keep an eye on what happens to yields from this point. I mean, if we get a really big drop in yields in terms of the effective tightening of conditions, I mean, that's going to pique the Fed's attention as it would in other central banks. Uh, but that, that that seems to be the way of it at the moment. You know, in your intro, you're talking about, what, 2021 basis point move down in twos, 18, 19 in the tens. This bull steepener, you know, where short-term yields lead the way lower, is tentatively indicative of markets readying for for rate cuts. And on that, so, you know, going into the CPI number, we had, what, five basis points priced for May next year? That's now at 20 with a full 100 basis points priced off um, at the end of the year. The dollar has been a big casualty, uh, as you'd expect. You talked about this, you know, Aussie surging ahead. The DXY down, what, 1.35, down 1.4%. Um, and on a technical basis, that dollar now, you know, is is broken a couple of reasonably significant support lines that suggests we're, we're moving into a sort of a, a lower low, lower high formation, tentatively. Euro dollar, back above 108, almost 109. I mean, that meshes with our view that it is the US economy, the anticipated US rate path that feeds through to FX 
you know, Eurodollar hasn't really been driven by events in Europe so much. It's more about what's going on in the US. And to your point, Aussie, Kiwi doing even better. So, you know, you know, rising further on the day as they would, you know, risk on environment than, than the euro or sterling. Now, you mentioned the UK's uh, CPI read today, but yesterday the employment number was expected to fall by 200,000, taking the unemployment rate to 4.3%. That didn't happen. Instead, 54,000 extra people in work. That meant the unemployment rate is stuck at 4.2%. That's got to be a bit of a worry, perhaps, for the, uh, for the, for the Bank of England, except average earnings came down a little, but perhaps not as much as hoped for. So uh, what does all that mean for the BOE? Yeah, I think, look, you know, lots of these numbers, the ONS, as, as we've said before, has, has had some problems yes. getting getting people to, to respond to the data. It's using experimental methodology that it hasn't published. It's very tentative on a lot of no. this stuff in terms so of employment, not unemployment. Well, we just don't know. Uh, we just mm. don't know. And that that's, you know, that's... That's, you know, you can see that everywhere you look, there's a lot of, you know, question marks being asked. Is it reliable? We need, you know, there's no time series, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and we've got to see where that goes. I think more to your point, the, the earnings numbers. Uh, yeah, they're still too high. Okay. So regular pay, non-bonus pay up 7.7%, three month on three month from 7.9. So it's off the highs. Private sector down at 7.8 from 8.1. It's, it's, it's still, it's still way too high. But if you look at, you know, the whole economy regular earnings on a month on month basis, the growth from August to September, which was produced today, was just so which was produced yesterday, um, is is actually just around three percent. Now that I'm not sure that's that that seems that seems unreasonably low. It does better gel with other labour market numbers, which are not so high as the ONS. Again, I'm not suggesting for a moment these ONS wage numbers are not correct, but they do seem to be out of kilter with a whole range of other earning stuff, things that the Bank of England has actually alluded to uh, when it's paused in rates in the right. last two sessions. Okay, so we'll see what happens there. But it, I mean, it's not saying that the Bank of England is necessarily going to do anything on the back of those numbers. Seems to be the no, no. There's, the no, there's nothing. There's, yeah. there's nothing. There's nothing there that uh, that will cause the Bank of England angst. I mean, it'll be watching. Mm. It'll want these to come down. But again, if if you're in an environment where UK inflation starts to come down towards you know four percent, three percent, as it will in the next few months, where a wage settlement's going to be. You know, a few months from now, they're not going to be seven percent. Uh, so at home, the NAB business survey, business conditions staying strong, well above average, but confidence falling, well below average. So uh, the same as a month ago, only more so with the business confidence now at minus two, which is the first negative number since June. So not looking too good, and significantly a falling consumer confidence as well from eighty-two to seventy-nine point nine. Uh, but there was a big difference in those surveyed before and after the last RBA hike. So those after the hike showed sentiment falling 6%, whereas there was a slight rise ahead of the meeting. So uh, so not so good. And uh, Australia's wage price index today, wages are expected to pick up a bit. Uh, NAB actually a bit ahead of the consensus on this, aren't they? We're, we're saying 4.1% versus 3.9%. But it is largely a one-off that's expected given uh, the increases in wage awards, award wages. That's right. I mean, uh, the consensus, as you say, is 1.2, 1.3 Q on Q for about uh, 3.9% annualised from 3.6. The RBA um, has uh, suggested something around 1.4%. And, and to your point, we're a little bit above that at 1.5. Um, and here we're guided by the 
15% increase in award wages um, for aged aged care workers. Yeah, um, a million mean, of them. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, we shouldn't sh- we shouldn't over extrapolate one offs, including the higher minimum wage awards. Um, uh, that you know from back in uh, back in July, um, and indeed we note that the RBA in its uh, latest uh, statement of monetary policy did relay a more kind of benign wage picture. So we we shall see. So this party atmosphere that we uh, that we have today after those US numbers, is it extending to Europe? So we had the Zoo Economic Sentiment Index that shot up from 2.3 in October to 13.8. I mean, that's not bad considering it's been negative for five months in this last well, year. The, the, it's the, Now it's at highest level since February. Yeah, so the, should we get excited by that? So the cautionary tale there, this, this, is, this is an analyst survey. It kind of reflects what we, you know, what we see in front of us every day in terms of asset prices and things, market sentiment. Yeah. But, to, you know, it, 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 it was the forward-looking uh, indicator that, uh, that drove the headline up. And that kind of fits with the view that, you know, Arizona has not been a happy picture in the last few months. Um, it's suffered a, a whole series of shocks over the last two or three years, um, and it's struggling to sort of contain itself. But we're not yet into a kind of a deep and protracted recession. And if you think about, you know, the gradual improvements in China, um, manufacturing sort of stabilizing a little bit, you know, the, the, the PMI surveys are not really getting any worse. And it's kind of suggesting that, you know, we're bouncing along on the bottom. And if you project that forward to a point where inflation is coming down and therefore you get a bit of a boost for real incomes and those kinds of things, cost of living comes lower, it kind of fits with that, you know, slightly better picture going, you know, down the road, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. What I found interesting, I didn't realise they asked the same people, the same analysts, uh, as well as what they think about where the euro area is heading and where Germany is heading. They also asked them where they think the US and China is going in the same survey. So the score for improvements in the euro area, 32.9. For China, 30. For the US, get this, 19.2. So the balance between improving or getting worse, they're saying is minus 20.9 for the US and 13.8 for the euro area and 20.7 for China. Something not quite right about that, is there? Anyway, uh, I can't figure that out at all. Now, lots happening today, of course. We've already mentioned the uh, wage price index for Australia and UK CPI. Japan gets its GDP. We get retail numbers for the US. We get PPI for the US as well. And a slew of numbers for China as well. Retail, fixed asset investment, industrial production, unemployment. Tell you, when it rains, it pours, doesn't it? It does. I mean, the China numbers, the monthly China activity numbers are always important. And, you know, overs and unders there will drive will drive market reaction. But I think the focus is going to be uh, on the US data set, of course. Retail retail sales, very important. The headline numbers, you know, are not seen to be that strong this month. Uh, the market's looking for negative prints. But the, uh, but, but the more important control group, which, you know, more closely feeds the GDP, is expected to be a reasonable 0.2%. So, you know, uh, in the current context, you, you, you know, when with PPI following along, which we would expect to be reasonably benign as well, uh, if anything that kind of corroborates the CPI is just going to give, you know, more uh, grist to the mill in terms of uh, yields moving along. Um, and, and, you know, if, if the data does not conform to that, the pullback isn't going to be that great because we're in this kind of wave at the moment and um, it's going to take a bit more to try and stop this, I think. Now, well, we're in party mode. That's what we're in. And, uh, you know, once it's the party has only just started, uh, we'll, well, let's hope it lasts. Uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Good to talk, Gavin. Cheers, Phil. There we are. Got through it all. That is the morning call for this Wednesday morning. Back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 